Gretchen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So to kick things off, um, give us an update. What kind of place is Flagler County in right now with COVID-19? Uh, we're doing really well. Um, right now, I checked the stats this morning. We are, um, we're recording about, we recorded 50 cases this past week. We recorded mm -hmm. 55 the week before, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, I think we had like 217 people last week who got vaccinated you know, their, their first or second, their first dose or second dose. And this week we had about 290. So that's good. What yeah. percentage of the county now has um, at least had one we dose of the vaccine? We just hit 70%. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially in the community with a lot of seniors where, you know, the, the people who would most, most want to get the vaccine mm -hmm. out of the population. And I think our positivity rate is about 3.6. Okay. So that's definitely good. What was it like at the the heights of the pandemic. Oh my gosh. I, knew like being, gonna, I knew you were going to ask that. So I oh, you have data for us? Yeah, I had to nice. bring a little bag of fun. Oh my gosh. I've never had a guest bring in literature before. This is awesome. <laughs> well, that's because I'll forget them otherwise. But look, there's. That's Let's true. Let's see. Um, this is really interesting. So yeah, what was it like the, the initial peak when stuff blew up and then during oh, the Delta, yeah. which was like our peak for Flagler yeah. County? Um, you know, our peak was we were at 22%. And oh, wow. we had that on September. No, actually we were higher than that. Um, it looks like in August we were up to 26.3%. Wow. Positivity rate. And then September, um, September 2nd, we were at 22%. But the highest number of cases we had in a week was August, the week of August 26, we have 936 cases. Okay. And that's for Flagler County. Yeah. And that was also the week, I believe, that the, um, that the hospital had about, you know, something crazy, like 90 people in the, in the right. ICU. So, so help, help me and the, the listeners understand how come uh, the initial wave of COVID before it had like a, a name on the end of it. Why Flagler County weathered that relatively well compared mm -hmm. to other places in the state and the country. Whereas during Delta, even after some people had been vaccinated in the county, that was the worst it got for Flagler. You know, I think it just had to, it was just a much more contagious um, variation of the, of the virus. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't think any of us were prepared for it. Um, right. For the first for the first go around, I think that we had a lot of I, I hate to use the word compliance, but I think Flagler County did a really good job of you know paying attention to things like masking and social distancing and mm -hmm. et cetera. And um, and I we did a good job. I mean, we were the I think we were like either number one or number two um, with the lowest case rate per capita. In the, the state, mm -hmm. out of any of the, the counties? State. I can believe that. Yeah. I did I did get it myself in November of 2020, but I got it in St. John's County. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, it's in Flagler. It's like the numbers were always seem to be like a little bit better than the surrounding areas yeah. the whole whole time. <clears throat> and according to Dr. Bickle, who has um, our medical director, who is basically like dedicated every free moment that he had to you know, researching this and reading, you know, medical journals and research and studies, et cetera, et cetera. So he became our resident COVID expert. And from what I have heard him say about the variant, it is, it's just much more contagious. Whereas the first 
uh, iteration, for lack of a better word, of, of COVID. Um, you know, it wasn't as um, it it didn't reproduce and infect as quickly. You know, versus the Delta variant, it was like instead of infecting one person, it was infecting four people, and then those four people were giving it, you know, to sixteen people, and so on, like and on and on and on, and exponential yeah, growth. Exponentially, yes, mm-hmm. yes, and and you know, okay. we had lots of breakthrough cases, um, but the good thing is, is that a lot of the people who had a breakthrough case it wasn't as bad because they had already been vaccinated. Okay. So from when the the pandemic first kind of began, I remember first hearing about it in January of 2020 when it was still mostly relegated to China. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, it obviously took till March until the whole world was being shut down. How, at, at what point in that timeline was the Flagler Department of Health starting to prepare for the possibility of it becoming a Flagler problem? You know, I think that we, same thing, about January, we yeah. started, you know, putting our ducks in a row mm-hmm. and to figure out, you know, how we are going to staff initially testing. Mm-hmm. And and um, and then I remember, you know, March 17th, I remember, you know, everybody, everything came to a screeching halt, it seemed like. Yeah, it's it's so funny because when I, when I first heard about it in, in late January, mm-hmm. I remember the thought was generally because like I only really lived through like Ebola mm-hmm. in my lifetime as far as the really big pandemics where that was like a, a big problem across the ocean. And right. you, had, like, you didn't have to worry about it. It yeah, wouldn't come affect you here. You had the two yeah. or three cases in America that never really became anything widespread. Mm-hmm. And then of course, COVID-19 completely was, you know, it did not go that way whatsoever. So it's, that's interesting that at that point there was no real anxiety for me and, you know, maybe a lot of the public, but that the health officials were already like, Oh yeah. Getting ready to go. Were you, it was that, were you like that for all the, like the other ones, like the Zika virus in Brazil? Was it the same thing there? Um, you know, I, my experience with public health, you know, I've only been with the health department for three and a half years. Oh, okay. So, um, I don't have a point of reference as far as that is concerned, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would imagine I would imagine there were some, but I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, years from now, I mean, we're going to be reading, we're going to be reading, you know, best cases, worst cases, you know, we're going to, yeah. we're going to learn a lot from this experience. Yeah. It'll, it'll be like, I'm sure COVID is now going to be like the worst case scenario for mm-hmm. any little disease that pops up anywhere in the world is how do we prevent it from, from doing that again? Mm-hmm. And maybe, um, maybe the world health officials will kind of like maybe learn from the experience hopefully not to say anyone like really drop the ball per se for it to get eventually reach every continent. But it's like, you know, it may be, I don't know, preventative measures, keep it like, all right, no one leave China in this, right. this period, maybe hopefully in the future, we don't have another one of these, uh, at least until I'm out of here. Cause that was once, once in a lifetime is more than enough. Exactly. I would say. Exactly. So um, you said you've been in the department for three and a half years. How did you get started and how did you get to where you are now? Uh, outside of the health department? Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, professional background. All right. So um, I've been in public relations for a really long time. So okay. I've done uh, uh, public relations on the corporate side. I've also worked for um, uh, lots of agencies. So I started out in agency life doing uh, 
doing financial public relations. So I was working with publicly traded companies after they came public and they didn't really know what to do. Oh, wow. So, you know, a lot of teaching them, like, you know, here's how you communicate to shareholders. Here's how you communicate to analysts. Here's how you can communicate to, you know, people who may buy your stock. And um, did that for about six years. And then I transitioned to um, doing other kinds of public relations and went to different kinds of agencies and did a lot of corporate communications and government relations. And then I, when I got to Flagler County, uh, which was in 2005, mm-hmm. um, I started working for the chamber. Okay. So I worked for the chamber and still got to do all my communications and public relations and, and government affairs. Mm-hmm. And so it's, then transition to the health department. So where I still do, you know, communications, I have a weekly radio show, mm-hmm. um, you know, handle all the news releases, et cetera. Um, but there's a lot more strategy kind of behind what we've been doing because, you know, it's a small community mm-hmm. and you don't want to misstep what you say. And, you know, unfortunately in the um, world of public opinion, um, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy, but you just have to make sure that what you're saying is, is factual and realize that, um, you know, that's all you can do at the end of the day because mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to keep Flagler County healthy. You know, that's our goal. That's what we're trying to do as a, an organization. So, Right. So how did your job at the health department, how did the day-to-day change from just regular times till, till you get to a point where everyone is looking at the Department of Health pretty much every day? Yeah, it was quite a transition. Um, you know, it was nice initially because we could kind of fly below the radar. Yeah. And then we were front and center. Um, you know, thankfully, I have a great boss. Uh, Bob Snyder is probably, uh, you know, I'm not just saying this. He's probably one of the kindest um fairest boss I've ever worked for. Um, he certainly knows the subject matter and he's a, it's, it's been a pleasure to work with him. And that makes all the difference, especially when it's really stressful. It does because, you know, I've worked in other places where, you know, when you're in a stressful situation, but if you don't respect the person at the end of the day who you report to, it's really tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Exactly. So, um, so between Bob and, um, as I mentioned, Dr. Steve Bickle, um, you know, they have been, you know, holding the torch for for the health department. And um, I think that with their leadership, that's how we've managed to get through. Well, that's great. So one thing you and I have in common in our jobs is uh, people will read what we put out and listen to what we say on COVID-19 and mm-hmm. hopefully listen to it because I think we both do a generally pretty good job with factual information. But how... How do you deal with um, people who will take something you put out and just outright deny it? Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. At the end of the day, you know, you, you, you do the best you can do, but you know that there's always going to be people who are outliers. So have you heard that that thing with uh, Sanjay Gupta and Joe Rogan, how they kind of got into it? And then because so, he has his big, huge podcast, and mm-hmm. it's like the biggest in the world. And um so and then he got COVID and he released his little video talking about all the things that he took, which weren't oh yeah, the ivermectin and everything. Yeah, else everything like she, that. He yeah. he made his video and then CNN reported on it and you know obviously they made him out as a fool mm-hmm. on their show. And then Sanjay Gupta went on his podcast 
and they had like a four some hour conversation. And I, I was on like a drive. I was driving back from Georgia last week and I had the chance to just like listen to that. Mm-hmm. It was so very like such a great look into the divide between um, the scientific community with COVID and mm-hmm. the information and the non-scientific community to put it that way. But it was, it was a really interesting conversation, yeah. especially because they mostly stayed respectful of one another well, for the most good. part. That's good because, I mean, I, you know, one thing I don't want to go into a ton, um, and I can't, is the whole politics. I mean, right? Yeah, I am, and especially like right now. Mm-hmm. And they stayed apolitical in that discussion, okay. which was definitely a good aspect. I definitely, okay. it's like I'm, I'm on the fence because I don't want to like prop up necessarily what rogan says about it Mm -hmm. but that conversation was like like say an interesting look into you know the the distance between um people who are kind of on their own cloud Mm -hmm. and the medical community and like hashing out like why are there these these disagreements why are people a little bit off the page with how they're treating it their preventative measures and um, he did bring up one one pretty good point I'll give to Rogan is that there are some masks out there. And I think they this was in the beginning before mm-hmm. mask science really got big, where people wear like the flimsiest masks. Mm-hmm. If it's not like one of the like the N95 mm-hmm. or the, the medical grade one, there was one like I even had one for a bit before I knew it was like a really thin fabric one. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could hold it up to the light and see straight through it. Right. And so, you know, particles are going to be getting through that. And it might be a slight bit better than nothing, essentially. Yeah. Now that, that was one good point. And yeah, the CDC didn't do us any favors on that, you know, cause they came <laughs> out and they said it's effective and it's not effective. And then Fauci, you know, the same thing. And I mean, again, it's, this is, this is all a novel virus. So there's so much mm-hmm. that we learned throughout this whole process, throughout this whole, you know, 19, 20 months um, that God forbid, if this ever happens again, um, I think we'll be better equipped to handle our response. Mm-hmm. That actually brings up a good question is like, what was there really any precedent? Like I know a coronavirus, not the coronavirus, but a coronavirus was a thing that had been seen before. Mm-hmm. So was there any real precedent to knowing how COVID-19 worked specifically from any related diseases earlier in time? Um, I think we the, the H1N1. Was, did that kind of work similarly? Spread similarly, similarly? Uh, you know, and again, it was before my time at the health mm-hmm. department. But I mean, I hear people refer to H one N one, and that was a that was on a much different scale, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I know that we had to do you know vaccination pods, you know, points of distribution. We had to do you know things like that. So mm-hmm. and we were very active with the schools and you know making sure that you know kids were okay, et cetera. Yeah, I do remember really early on in the pandemic, like the first maybe month or so of it being here, is um, just going into Publix. And this is before we really knew that it was primarily airborne spread. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like everyone was going for hand sanitizer. Like that was <laughs> that was just the thing to go for. Yes. And then I, I showed up to Publix to get some and I thought I should probably like, I took a, a literally a winter scarf and I tied it around my face and it probably looked absolutely ridiculous Mm -hmm. but i thought it's like i I have a feeling i should probably be like blocking my you know my nose and mouth and everything i wasn't even thinking about getting out i was thinking about keeping it from getting in in retrospect the scarf had a lot of holes in it (laughs) because i was really didn't know what i was did you look full 
foolish. <laughs> but it probably wasn't doing the most. I had it wrapped around a couple times, if that helped. But um, and then I got in there and like no one had any face covering, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to be the only person in right. in Publix with a, a scarf around my my face in Florida in the late spring. But uh, but it was just so funny how quickly everything it became. First it was about toilet paper, then it was about hand sanitizer, mm-hmm. and it's like the Publix was out of something, and then it was masks, and then yeah, it was hard to get your hands on a mask. But I had the masks. You always had the masks. I remember there was a, a period, uh, like say earlier on, where Sheriff Staley himself was driving masks to people, mm-hmm. like N95 masks. Yeah. And I don't even know like where they got their hands on all of them, if they just we had got, surplus. You know, we had cases upon cases upon cases of masks delivered to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were getting pallets of them. Wow. And it was crazy because um, we became early on. In the pandemic, I, I felt like I was the mask distribution center for Flagler County. Yeah. And I reached out to as many you know organizations as I could and said, you know, hey, do you need masks? We've got them. And so, and somehow I got, you know, I put out news releases and then people started coming to the health department to get masks. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because even today in the office, um, I looked over and I used to have this, you know, huge lineup of them just boxes upon boxes upon boxes yeah. and I was down to my last one and so I had to call and ask our facilities guy I said you know do we have any more around and he said yeah we, we do and so he found some so now I have about six more boxes sitting in my office you still have a bunch of masks mm-hmm. in there yeah like just, just the cotton ones just the you know the, the hangs yeah <laughs> which those are definitely better than better than nothing I think I, I read somewhere where like the cloth ones, it's like you don't want to necessarily pick them over in 95, mm-hmm. but that if you could hold them up to a light and see no light through it, that's, it's probably like decent, right? You, like you can, yeah. you can definitely shut me down if I'm wrong about that, no, especially no, no, on no. the podcast. No. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's generally what I heard as far as like a good mask to wear. And you can wash them. That's, that's good too. Yeah. It's so not just like single use, throwing it away. Like, you know, if you're worried about, like I am, like the environment, I try to go through as few single-use masks as I can. Because mm-hmm. you, you start seeing them in the ocean now and joining the great Pacific Publix, garbage patch. Publix parking the Publix lots. parking lot. <laughs> Just a whole bunch of them. One, one little tip I did see that I'm going to plug on the podcast is that when you are done with a single-use mask and you're throwing it away, like, cut the straps. Mm. Because that way an animal can't, like, choke on that. Gotcha. And I saw that and I do that every time now oh. that I, I throw out a single use. Because, you know, you get like a, a turtle. It's like the perfect size kind of for an animal to get stuck in there. And so I, I, I read that somewhere like, that's genius. Okay. Like I need to. So I'm plugging that on the airwaves for anyone. Okay. When you throw away your masks, cut the straps. On the blue ones, it's pretty easy to just like, I'm not going to do it because I still need it. Like rip it off at the base. I'll tell our nurses. Yes. Because our nurses go through a lot of them. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So we are, like we were saying, kind of on the downhill of the Delta variant. We hope not good. Yeah, we hope so. Are we? Do you think the Delta is going to be? And I, it's it's dangerous to speculate. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to be the last super spike, at least for us? I wish I had a crystal ball. <laughs> oh man, do they like how? 
it's getting like really into the nitty gritty of the science of it. But like, how does the virus, is it just like a random mutation that happens somewhere that was really I, successful you know, for it? You need to have Dr. Bickle on this show. I would love to have Dr. Bickle on if he wants to come. Cause this yeah. is like what I'm interested in. Yeah. Like a, how it works. This is above my pay grade. <laughs> but getting, getting more on the, um, the communication side mm-hmm. of it, because that's definitely, that's you and I's work today right. is, um, someone who wants to be conscious about making sure the information they're digesting is accurate. It's reliable. It's not going to have them taking some animal medication or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do, what is the best way to like vet your sources if you want to um, stay up to date on COVID? You know, my, my, my sources, you know, are, mostly Bob and, and Dr. Bickle. And I mean, mm-hmm. as I said, I mean, he has become Dr. Bickle, especially has become like a resident expert on it. I mean, he, I think the man spends, I don't even know how many hours a day researching and sending articles. And he said, you know, here's a good one, or this one's a little bit long, but it, you know, hits on some important, you know, topics that we need to consider. So um, really, I mean, he's, he's feeding us and I'm trying to read as much as I can to stay on top of it. So. Yeah. I think we can definitely say the department of health is a great source mm-hmm. of information. I, I, I check the press release page all the time. Thank you. Just the information <laughs> you put out there. It's great stuff. And also askflagler.com. Mm-hmm. Great source. I try to post like periodic COVID updates. Right. Hopefully, hopefully I just won't even have to for a while if we just stay at this level. I've been level. putting out those weekly news releases, I can't even tell you, for <laughs> forever. Now. Over 52 weeks. Yeah. Yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah. And um, I, a couple weeks ago, I, I sent. I said, okay, I'm not sending out a release this week because we were changing the, the testing schedule mm-hmm. and um, the vaccination schedule. And I got a message back from a member of the media and, and uh, who where, said, where is it? wait, but we like getting those weekly <laughs> releases from you. I like getting them. Okay. They're really good. <laughs> Thank you. So speaking of which, where if someone did, you know, someone woke up one day and they had, you know, some symptoms, where can they get tested right now? Right now we are testing three days a week, um, 120 Airport Road, across from 120 Airport Road. Um, mm-hmm. There's like two white tents on the way to the Flagler Executive Airport. We're doing mm-hmm. that Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from eight until um, ten a.m. Now, okay. So no, you don't need an appointment. Just come. It's a drive-through. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get you in and out. And depending on you know what your situation is, the nurses will assess whether you need um, whether you need a uh, rapid test or whether you know you better be better off with a. PCR test, which you'll get mm-hmm. the test results for that for two days. How much more accurate are the PCRs than the rapids? You know, it depends on it depends on the situation mm-hmm. because, um, and it also depends on when you were um, exposed. Exposed, exactly. Okay, yeah, I, I I had to go through that particular testing area a lot actually mm-hmm. because I after I got it in November, my mm-hmm. my job at the time required. A, um, a negative test to come back to work after you had it. And I was one of those cases where I, after I had you tested completely, positive for a really long time, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. yeah. After yeah, I had yeah. completely kicked it out of my system, right. I continued. I, I mean, I had I think it, I remember you coming through the line once. You probably yeah. saw me a bunch of times, <laughs> but I, I got it in November and it was obviously, you know, about a two week ordeal. Mm-hmm. It took me till January coming regularly 
to bring a um, pull up a, a negative test. And I was like, I, I started trying things, sort of like drinking water before I came through. It's like, I know I'm not contagious. Like I, I was almost like, can I like, game the system somehow when I go back to work? Yeah. But I, I must've gone through 10 plus times. And I, I got real familiar with the sensation of that like thing on the throat. It's like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> that never got any easier. I'm not discouraging people from getting tested. If you feel like you need to, go get tested. But buckle up for that that thing. It's like I, I had the one with the nose and the throat. I don't mm-hmm. know which one I hate more. Yeah. They're both I pretty... definitely hated the throat more. The throat, I feel like, was worse. But the fact the nose was up both nostrils, mm-hmm. I feel like... It was slightly less awful, but there were two of them. Mm. So that was my <laughs> my philosophy. It's like, I'll just do the throat, the throat thing. Sitting there like getting ready to cough on the poor person every time. But Yeah. And I have to tell you, I mean, it has been an amazing team effort. I mean, we've yes. had, we went from having 40, 45, 50 employees to I think we were up to like 96 or something. Really? So people were wanting to join the team. People were wanting to join the team. And now they weren't all full time, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we still have, you know, we've had to cut back a couple of times, but it's okay because some of those people are on standby. Some of those people are just like, you know, no, thank you. It was a great experience, but I'm done. Great problem to have also. Yeah. Um, but you know, now we're like, you know, every other health related business. I mean, it's, it's a challenge to get good help. It's a challenge to keep good health. Um, nurses are very high in demand right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're thrilled to have the team that we have, although we still, we do have some openings for nurses if anyone wants to come work for us. Oh, very cool. (laughs) Yeah. It really is amazing that people, um, whether whether they're from the medical background or not, would volunteer to do a job that puts them in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Like where if you're working with people long enough, you're going to be right face to face with people who definitely have COVID mm-hmm. at least a few times. And the fact that there are people who are willing to do that and really hope that protective gear does its job. Yeah. It's just I mean, amazing. And we couldn't do anything what we've been able to accomplish over the past year, if it hadn't been for Flagler volunteer services, let's give mm-hmm. them a big plug. Cause um, Susie and um, Judy were just, you know, our right hands. I mean, and they would have people working traffic detail, people working, you know, cleaning off sanitizing clipboards. I mean, making sure that, you know, people were headed the right direction. I mean, you know, and so much more. Um, you know, that team of volunteers, my gosh, we couldn't have done, you know, any of this without them. Yeah. And it's really like nowadays people will use the word hero for someone who rescued a worm from a tree, <laughs> but I don't think there's a better definition of hero than someone who, who puts their own health and their well being on the line for the public good. Yeah. And there were, it's, it was incredible how many people there were in Flagler County in the community. That just, you know, when the moment came, they were there. You know, I, I was, like, like say, I, I tried to do everything I could to keep them safe when I was going through because it's just such an incredible service to the community mm-hmm. that those people did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So by all means, I hope we are, hope we're definitely getting down to it, down to the end of uh, COVID in general. That'd be great I if there just so. was no more variants. Yeah. I know they're starting to say like it might be like the flu, you might just have to blah blah blah, but that would that'd be really cool if it just kind of like petered out and died. If like everyone got vaccinated and just it ended. 
again, I wish I had that crystal ball, but no. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely say for our listeners, you know, I... If you're worried, talk to your individual doctor and see Mm -hmm. what they tell you. But I had a very great experience getting vaccinated. I got the Moderna shot. Mm -hmm. I got it at a Walmart in Ormond Beach because Mm -hmm. out of everyone I called, they were the first one that had an opening. And um, I got my shot. I got my second shot. The first one had side effects that were really not that bad. The second one didn't. Oh, well, I'm way safer because of it. Mm -hmm. I can recommend it from my own experience to anyone who's, if there's anyone out there who's still on the fence, definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good investment in your own health and in the community Mm -hmm. to get vaccinated. And this week we start, um, we didn't finally get more Moderna. So we're going to be doing um, Moderna drive-thrus on, uh, sounds so funny, Moderna (laughs) drive-thrus. We're doing boosters on Tuesdays and Thursdays now, and that's from 8 a.m. until 10 um, 10 p.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. And we're <laughs> no, we're not doing that long. And um, but we are asking people to call for a reservation to to make an appointment, which is 386-437-7350, extension zero. Call weekdays between 8:30 and 4, and we've got staff that are more than well that are more than willing to walk you through and you know we're doing um boosters for people who've already had their moderna doses Mm -hmm. um which is a smaller amount than people who are immunocompromised are getting they're getting you know different there's different allotments or different dose Mm -hmm. amounts so So right now we're doing boosters and if you're not sure if you are eligible for a booster i'm sure you you could call Mm -hmm. Just ask. Yeah, just because yeah, if, if you're if you're concerned about it, the worst they could do is say not yet. Yeah, but I think I think that as as time goes on, I mean, I think we're going to open it up, and it's going to be. Uh... Yeah, it's yeah, it's like like it was the first time. It's mm-hmm. like get first get in the people who really 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 need it. Yeah, and yeah, then the train... age of sixty five. Yeah, and then underlying conditions, people who are people who are you know kind of those first responder sort of mm-hmm. you know up in front of people who could be sick. Yeah. And then, you know, go from there. But and I would imagine that the whole booster thing, I mean, it's. It, it should go smoother than the, yeah. the initial vaccines, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Especially because now it's not like so much like time is of the essence. Go, 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 go. A little bit less mm-hmm. like right. urgent. Yeah. So it should be pretty easy. Yeah. What about um, parents with kids who are under, what is it, 16? Right now, um, Pfizer is for ages 12 and up. Okay. And um, we're expecting to get the green light for ages five through eleven um, in the not so distant future. Okay. So when that happens, um, you know we're still going to continue to offer these you know drive-through opportunities, and also in addition to the health department um, sites on Monday nights. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think that we'll be able to, you know, bring it in the school like we do with the flu shots or. Right. Yeah. I think that um, that's not imminent, but, you know, we'll, we'll do as much as we can it'll, to make sure that there are opportunities to, to get your kids vaccinated. Yeah. It'll be it, available. Yeah. And all the, you know, and all the pharmacies in town, you know, they already make it available. So. Yeah. And like, say, I think the best thing you could do if anyone's like, apprehensive about when that comes or whether they want their want to take their kid to get vaccinated is like say just speak to you know the family doctor doctor. yeah 
call your doctor or you can call our call center and we'll, you know, we've got people who are willing to walk you through. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what other, other than just vaccines and tests and everything, what are some other great resources the Department of Health has that you want to boost some awareness of? Oh, sure. We've got, well, actually November is Diabetes Awareness Month Mm -hmm. and we have a diabetes education center. Uh, in Flagler County, about 14% of the population um, is has been told they have diabetes, mm-hmm. and a greater number of that. Um, there's a lot of people who are borderline diabetic, but they don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a lot of people in Flagler County. <laughs> um, over 100,000. Well, well no, I'm saying I'm saying there's oh, a lot just of diabetic that are, that are over no that are overweight. Oh, oh, oh and okay. you know being yeah, overweight true. doesn't help your chances of getting diabetes. Mm-mm, no. So um, this month, we're going to be doing a whole lot to raise awareness about diabetes prevention and also um, diabetes self-management. We're launching a, uh, a virtual diabetes prevention program that'll be mm-hmm. a year long, um, but it's virtual. So you'll be able to, you know, access curriculum from your phone or, you know, from your computer, mm-hmm. um, but it is a year-long commitment. But it teaches you, you know, how to eat healthier, how to read labels, how to get in that, you know, 150 minutes of exercise a week. You know, you can do it in different ways. You can do it from, you know, take a five-minute break at work, or and just you know walk around the building or something, and just trying to find ways to incorporate a little bit more exercise into your life, mm-hmm. and um, you know, to make it manageable for those of us who. Made it through COVID, didn't have COVID, but, you know, came on the other side of it with a couple extra pounds. Yeah. So, so that's, so that's important. Um, sure. That's most of us. Yeah. So, um, so stay tuned. There's going to be a lot coming out in November about diabetes awareness. Uh, also we, because Flagler isn't a, doesn't have a birthing hospital. We do a lot of prenatal work with moms. Mm-hmm. You know, moms who may not might not want to be able, or they can't, you know, maybe transportation is an issue. You know, they can't get to St. Augustine to see their gynecologist. So well, that'd be quite the Uber ride. Yeah. Hospital or, or now. Down, or, yeah. Or down to Daytona. So yeah. we have a, a prenatal program and we see moms until they're about eight months. Um, and then we refer them to, uh, you know, a, a practice, another practice for delivery. So yeah. we see lots of. Pregnant moms in. Uh, we have our WIC program, which is you know women, infants, and children. And I tell you, that's a great deal. It's not. Um, it, it's not like food stamps. Um, it's you know you'd be surprised who can qualify for it. A lot of you know working families. You know, mom's a teacher, dad's a police officer. You know, and you can qualify for WIC. Free foods. You know, free fruits and vegetables um, for kids up until the age of up until the age of five. That's and so it's, cool. you know, to help your grocery budget a little bit and, um, you know, to make sure the kids are eating healthy. So that's that's a great, that's a win-win that we have right under our doors. You know, we do childhood immunizations. We do um, pediatric dentistry. Like if your child is on, you know, Florida Healthy Kids, you know, there's a dental component to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see those kids. They'll be their, you know, their first dental home um, when they're little. Um, we do a school-based sealant program. We go around to the elementary schools in, in Flagler County and, you know, actually seal the molars, put a thin plastic coating on kids, you know, top and bottom molars so that they won't have tooth decay. Hmm. We just also use that as a teaching 
um, environment so that we can teach kids how to properly brush their teeth. Because, you know, you'd be amazed at how many people either don't really know what they're doing, don't know, or, you know, for whatever reason, mom and dad haven't taken the time to really teach the kids. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're happy to be able to, you know, be that first point of reference for them as far as, you know, dentistry is concerned. That's really great. Um, and, you know, and most of our services are, are free. Mm -hmm. A lot of our services are free. Oh, here's another thing. Teen health. So oh. you can come to the health department and you don't need mom and dad to sign off. If you want to find out about, you know, birth control, if you want to find out about if, if you think you might have an STD, mm -hmm. um, you know, because those are really yeah, no, if you, if you think you do, oh, yeah, thanks, um, COVID. Yeah, you, I know. If you do, yeah, just like get tested, yeah, without yeah. the whole world having to know your whole exactly. family, exactly. That's so, really there's good. a lot of things, you know, and we, we keep it on the down low, um, you know, pregnancy tests, etc. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, teenagers can come and feel, I, I hope they would feel safe and they can ask questions, and you know, that's really and, great, and leave with free bags of condoms. <laughs> So why not? There you go. Um, I mean, what more could you want? I know. If you're a kid. Um, you know, we also have a really successful HIV clinic. So mm -hmm. we see um, probably, there's probably about 100 people in our HIV clinic right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we do, um, that's run by Dr. Bickle. Does a really good job of making sure that um, their HIV levels are, you know, barely, you know, you can barely even monitor. Uh, sorry, that they're so small you can barely even like. Yeah, keep well, track wait. Of them. So they're they're um, you know their levels are, are almost um, undetectable. That's good. And we have you know teaching people how to live you know happier, normal, healthy lives. Um, with both our HIV program, we also have a hepatitis program. Huh. So that's like the best answer I've ever gotten. And like, but tell me about what your your service does. So wow. there's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot. lot. I didn't know about any of that. Yeah. Wow. And where do people go to access all that? 301 Dr. Carter Boulevard in Bunnell. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Easy to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I was going to ask, um, is that new Advent Health thing on Pumpkin Sparkway, is that, is that going to have a maternity ward? I thought I, no? Mm -hmm. Huh. It seems like that, like that's the one thing nope. that we should put one there. No. Nope. Is that, is that common for like not, because I've never lived in a city bigger than Palm Coast since I was really little. Is that common for like not huge cities to not have a place to give birth? You know what? I have never lived. Uh, this is the only place I've ever lived where there was not a, you know, a birth. Really? Yeah. Have you lived in like smaller cities in Palm Coast? Mm, no, this is the smallest I've lived. <laughs> yeah. But, Which is, but, an, it's, it's kind of like in the middle. It's not, yeah. it's not huge. It's not tiny. But it's you like, know, I'm as, not, I'm but not as normal our, that is. As our population continues to grow, eventually we'll hopefully get one it's supposed to happen to like it's like you know drive to halifax and daytona and hope, just hang on till we yeah, get there exactly or, or you hope, know, hope 95 is not too bad right or up to uh flagway hospital in st augustine so. yeah well hopefully in the future we'll grab one of those for palm coast but anyway um Getting back on topic, um, thank you so much for coming on. There's so many great resources available that I had no idea about, and uh, you know, hopefully get a better idea of where things are with COVID right now. You know, keeping vigilant, even though we're in a pretty good spot right now, that's just a you know motivation to see if we can push that needle all the way. Mm -hmm. So, um, Gretchen Smith, thank you so much for coming on the thank show. You. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.